Hello, and welcome to The Spiel of Time, a spoiler-free podcast discussing Robert Jordan's fantasy epic series, The Wheel of Time. Each episode, Chris, a first-time reader, and Tom, a series veteran, read one or two chapters and sit down to examine them a little deeper. Get my notes up. Got some notes here. Extensive notes. Well, I mean, more extensive than there have been historically. Than, than nothing, <laughs> as it has been previously. Well, yeah, I have actually got notes. Um, ordinarily, I would just operate on a sort of underlined basis. <laughs> Can we have something, Chris? Yeah, I'll come up one. <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> It's worked for me so far, I think. I've got some pretty uh, solid theories. You some reason I've been pretty piss poor, if I'm so honest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, what? Do you not remember the, the, the dizzy heights of hashtag bot life? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they hit it. Those old summaries. Um, it wasn't even a summary. No, it could. <laughs> just, a, just a hashtag. Yeah. But, um,. Because I just sort of, I'd, I'd read the chapter a couple of times, listen to it on the audiobook, and then I'd be like, right, don't read it again, just get a vibe <laughs> for what happened. Whatever you can remember now is the important bits of that chapter. Yeah, but you're, you're like an expert at forgetting important shit. Like, <laughs> constantly, oh yeah, I didn't notice this mega important <laughs> line. Yeah, but important to me. <laughs> That's what you need to recognise. Um... Because I remember, I'm, but then I also remember I'm you. I'm looking forward to this like fully researched summary. You were um, not. You also like kicked off at me once because I was I mentioned in a summary that oh some new characters have been introduced and you're like, and I was like and that's the end of the summary and you're like, uh, Perrin and I was like <laughs> yeah I said some new characters have been introduced what more do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, just a bit more in depth in it. Just and the, the the thing with Perrin as well is you only recognise you only recognise then how important he was to the overall story because of your knowledge of the rest of the story. I think he was introduced as, like, he was one of the only people that were, like, getting any sort of attention at that point. Then. No, because I was still waiting for Ewan to come back. Ewan Finnegan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he got quite, quite a, remember that, didn't he? Like, quite, a, quite a lot of information. I'm surprised I remembered Ewan, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> there was quite a lot of information about him. <laughs> for him to be, like, one chapter and gone. Maybe he's not gone. <laughs> this is crazy. But no, like I said, I'm looking forward to this uh, in-depth summary. Yeah, have to, so yeah, we fully research notes. We're, we're trying to operate a little bit smarter, aren't we? Yeah, we've actually planned <laughs> planned what we're going to discuss, <laughs> and you know, try not go beat for beat through the chapter. <laughs> yeah, more discussion points. Yes. So, so if you give us a summary of chapter twenty-six, Whitebridge. Are you sure? Off, yeah. Are you sure it's chapter twenty-six? I'm right in. My notes are wrong. This is off to a bad start. <laughs> <laughs> Fully researched notes. It is. Gets the, gets the Literally the chapter. Oh, big fat fingers, right? <laughs> anyway, here we go. I've even got. I've even got notes on the laptop. Like, have, you got, have you got the right book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chapter twenty-six. The hobbits arrive. <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyway. Uh, the chapter summary, the Spray and our boys finally make it to Whitebridge and Tom Random Matt leave to try and find the others. Uh, 
Bail Dorman tries to convince them to stay on until Ilian and offers payment. Florin Gelb is unceremoniously thrown off of the ship. And in White Ridge proper, the three enter an inn looking for news and info and find some of both. They also discover that they and their friends have been getting asked about by two mystery people. Uh, Florin Gelb arrives in the inn and starts spreading lies and mistrust about Bail Dorman and our three boys. They decide it's time to make an exit. Tom reveals his ulterior motives right before a Fade attacks and he charges them to attack the Fade so the boys have a chance of escape and when the boys are away to relative safety they discuss the likelihood of Tom's death. Yeah? Yeah, I, I enjoyed that summary. It was, it was actually a summary for a change. <laughs> <laughs> just the how they just, what, yeah. key words. <laughs> Hit all the story beats and we can expand on that, yeah. Yeah, so... So yeah, I mean, quite a busy chapter this one to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot more going on than I remember, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so we start off, as you said in the summary, with the spray arriving in Whitebridge. We do. Um, yeah, so I guess quite early doors, one of my main points yep. is um, Matt's attitude th- throughout this chapter. So his attitude. His attitude, yeah. Can I elaborate on that? What do you mean by his attitude? Uh, well, it's it's been a bit of an ongoing issue with him. Um He's a bit arsy. <laughs> a bit arsy. <laughs> a bit arsy all the time. Um, so, like you say, we open the chapter and they're, they're, they're on the spray. And uh, Tom, quite hilariously, uh, is teaching him how to play the flute. Yeah, he's sort of giving him a bit of feedback on his flute playing, isn't he? And um, uh, he's not very good. <laughs> he's, he's awful, in fact, I think. Tom yeah. says... Uh, Thanks for showing me how true the old saying is, teach him how you will, a pig will never play the flute. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're saying it's Matt's attitude, but that is some pretty harsh criticism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, but... I think that would put Matt back up as well. I mean, yes, but he's not, he's not like, earnestly trying to learn the flute. It's a good, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it, it's, 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 the, it's the ruse, isn't it? The, yeah. They're, like, they're, if, they're if he was, like, really yeah. trying really hard... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more bothered by it. But, yeah. But yeah, so like, so right straight off there, he's, he grumbles that runs the shepherd, but it, I guess what I mean by attitude and sort of going to your point that you just sort of mentioned, like that he should be quite upset about that comment. That, that isn't Matt's attitude that we've seen so far. He's like mischievous and he, he likes to prank. He sort of seems to be generally in good spirits and yeah. sort of quite, like, not just in this chapter, but there's quite a lot of it in this chapter, but sort of earlier chapters he's... So when you say it's an ongoing thing? Yeah, so in earlier chapters he's been a bit um, arsy as well. <laughs> um, and this point from the earlier chapter like ties into what I think is going on, but I think he gets a bit paranoid and like while he's holding the dagger, right? I was, yeah. like, I was, I was kind of sort of poking you, like what yeah. you thought the reason was, but there, so yeah, yeah. So and he's holding the dagger, and he's sort of like a bit paranoid that, um, that's like that somebody's going to try and take it from him. I think, and like Rand, I think, suggests trying to sell it if they need some money, and he's sort of begrudgingly suggest, like, sort of says that that might be a good idea, but then. Doesn't really want to. He also keeps coming back to this point that he's like he keeps saying everybody's dead, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's, well, that's he's very sure, and that's the next element of his attitude. To be fair, uh, Rand sort of says to Tom, "No, who's he said to? Yeah, he says to Tom that they're alive, uh, and he looks to Matt for support, and um, Matt's somewhere else, 
in his head. He's not really paying attention, but, yeah. but when he when he does sort of look up, um, still sort of occupied with his thoughts, he's like, "Well, what if they are dead? We have to accept facts, right?" And Rand is not a fan of that. Yeah, we've got sort of Rand is the optimist, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And we've got Matt very much plays as the pessimist. Yes, very much. And, and like I said, it's not normal for Matt to be. No, it's, it's quite an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Where you've got, like you said, you've got the positive, the negative, and I feel like Tom's sort of thread in the middle, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's the realist. Yes, yeah, I would agree with that, to be fair. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll stick with Matt's attitude and try and... Uh, I'll try and point out other bits in the in the book. Yeah, yeah. In the, oh, Sorry, in the chapter. Um, so, they leave the ship, and Bill Doman sort of suggests to them that the Trollocs weren't after them. Yeah, he seems to think they were following him, doesn't he? Yes, um, and Matt, not being cautious, sort of demands, like, well, why do you think they weren't? They're after the same treasure we were hunting. So, again, I mean, I don't know. He's st- that still feels arsey. <laughs> word of the, ch- word of the yeah, chapter. Yeah, he's very combative, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a better word. <laughs> that's more professional. I'll try and bring well, some, well done. Try and bring some class to this point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, but it's sort of... I don't know, like, it kind of feels like a little bit in character for him because he is quite headstrong, but not so sullenly headstrong. Yes. D- does that make sense? Um, and then, let me think what the next next bit is where he, um, he starts being a bit combative. <laughs> Arsy, you mean. Um, Arsy, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so right towards the end of the chapter... Like this is my thesis, if you like, on, yeah, yeah. on Matt's attitude. Um, you've got he has a conversation with Tom, which ties into another point, but we'll get into that in a bit. Um, with Tom sort of saying, "Well, we need to go to 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 Ilian to be safe. It's too dangerous here." And Matt said, "Well, why are you even bothered? Yeah, um, just just go. Like no one's asking you to be yeah. here." Um, and it's kind of, it sort of feels like dismissive but they've sort of <clears throat> and we haven't really had Matt's point of view well we haven't had Matt's point of view no. at all but from like Rand and Perrin like they're sort of generally quite naive and happy for the help that they receive yeah they're, they're, very, sort hot, of, they're very hopeful yeah, well, yeah and they need they recognise that they need help um, and basically the only help that you have at the moment is Tom so like to just be like dismissive of his his, it's a, he's got a very defeatist attitude, hasn't he? Yeah. It's like, what's the point? In yeah, yeah. Like, well, why are you yeah. even here? Like, nobody's asked you to be here. Like, it's just a bit... Why should I learn the flute? Why should I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's um, it going to help? So, yeah. Um, so there's that that sort of confrontation. And then, and then yeah, so then after they find out about... No, they find out about Florin Gelb sort of sitting near them... Um, Tom starts like dishing the money out, um, and he's after, like asks Matt if he like, well, do you actually mind me staying with you? And Matt says, "Oh, I'm just on edge. I can't seem to get rid of it. Every time we stop for a breath, they're there hunting us. I feel like somebody's staring at the back of my head all the time. What are we going to do?" Yeah, so it's not like he's it's not like he's unaware that, that he's different. being negative. Yeah, it's, he, he's very aware of it, but mm-hmm. he's, he seems unable to get out of it, isn't he? This this funk that he's in almost. Yeah. Um, and to like I said to me that ties in the fact that it's always there. Th- this line I guess is quite clever because it's 
he, he, he kind of passes it off as just, well, the circumstance we're in. Every time we think we're all right, a Trolloc attack, or we took run up a hill and there's some Trollocs there, or, or we go into this city and there's, like, the White Cloaks are chasing us, yeah. or whatever. And, and, like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that is quite actually a fairly reasonable way to feel yeah, when I you're being like, Yeah, it's, it's sort of the fear, isn't it? It's not without, like, merit, is it? Like, he's... They are set up on every turn at yeah. this point, yeah. Yeah, so, but I also think the, the key here is that he also always has the dagger on him. Yes. And that's, and I do think it's a dagger that's causing a lot of his negativity. He is, it, it does, he just seems like he reaches for it a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. He's constantly he, sort of... He, I mentioned it before when, when the dagger got, dagger got sort of brought up in the first place, but he's a bit, bit of a golem vibe to it. Like yeah. They, he, um, he always wants it close to hand... Doesn't trust anyone. Like say, he balked at the suggestion of Rand selling it for money. Yeah, he'd rather keep it to himself. And and that's also about the same time it sort of paranoia started. And so I suppose I suppose the question is like, so this we've said it's not unrealistic for him to be this to have this attitude. Mm-hmm. So how much do you think is sort of outside influence, or is it just him? Like I suppose, where do you land on that? Um, I yeah. So you you've you've brought a brought a thought into my head that I hadn't had before, but. Before you mentioned that, I felt it was almost exclusively the dagger causing it. Okay. Despite the fact that the way you put put it there, it is reasonable that he would feel yeah. some sort of some way. Well, I suppose I'm not sure of the time period we're looking at, but literally constantly since they left their village, mm-hmm. it's it's been a constant. They've been under constant threat. Like they haven't yeah. had five minutes to take a breath. So, yeah. like, I don't feel like he's unreasonable. But like, I think this is something that we've seen before in this book with Robert Jordan that he'll um, he will offer up like a logical reason for something happening but there's actually something else at play and I yeah. can't yeah. I can't necessarily think of an example and I feel like I've mentioned it before yeah I, I but I can't think of an example yeah. off the top of my head so I, I suppose but, the, the only question is which side do you land on or, or do you land on a side at all what whether it's the dagger or not yeah. um, I think it's the dagger right okay um the, uh, um, I guess if I wanted to like modify my, like you know, um, go middle ground somewhere, my, I I think the dagger is affecting him. Right. How much it's affecting him, whether it's fully this or or whether it's just the paranoia element and and the possessiveness of it. But I, I think he's being affected by the dagger one way or the other. Oh, good stuff. Um. And yeah, so like he, he also gets quite demanding with Tom. To find out, like, well, why, why are you doing this? Um, but that bit's more about Tom, and like I say, we'll get into that. But it's just, you know, it, it's more about. It's not even really necessarily always about what he says. Sometimes it's about how he's just said it. Yes, I, I, I agree. Yeah, he's, he, again, it's it's very. He's just very negative, isn't he? Like yeah. his entire demeanor, his speech, everything. Yeah, like he's he's always demanding things. Of I feel like his... if, if he was if we were like watching a cartoon, he'd have like a thundercloud above his head yeah. all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he'd scowl on. <laughs> yeah. And then like, the last thing from this chapter with regards to Matt's attitude is, um, right after they've escaped the the the, um, the town, they runs like oh well let's go. And he starts on the Wadster Road, cut Camelin, and then he can hear Matt muttering. But we don't know what he says, but like, it just, that feels like, you know, like a kid. 
when like your parents told them off and then the parents are walking away and they're like nye, 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 nye. <laughs> like do you know what I mean it kind of feels like that so like again just bad attitude um, so I, I feel like that's quite a lot of the that's that f- f- with regard to his attitude in this chapter but I feel like it's it's brought up a lot so it feels like it needed addressing yeah it definitely seems to be becoming an issue doesn't it yeah 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 I would agree um, shall we move on to my next point yeah what's, what, what's the next point the next point is the White Bridge. What? Yeah, so it's quite early in the chapter, isn't it? We sort of see... Yeah, I mean, I think it is really like. just what you see. I don't think there's any... I think there is just that sort of one reference to it, but it feels worth mentioning because it seems quite magical. It's definitely out of place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll read this little bit about it and then we can get into yeah, it yeah. if you like. So it says, uh, The White Bridge arched... High over the wide waters, twice as high as a spray's mast and more, and from end to end it gleamed milky white in the sunlight, gathering the light until it seemed to glow. Spidery piers of the same stuff plunged into the strong currents, appearing too frail to support the weight and width of the bridge. It looked all of one piece, as if it had been carved from a single stone or moulded by a giant's hand, broad and tall, leaping the river with an airy grace that almost made the eye forget its size. All in all, it dwarfed the town that sprawled about its foot on the east bank. Though Whitebridge was larger by far than Emmons Field, with houses of stone and brick as tall as those in Tarrant Ferry and wooden docks like thin fingers sticking out into the river. Small boats started the Arenel thickly, fishermen hauling their nets, and over, all, over it all, the Whitebridge towered and shone. That was a lovely reading. Thanks, mate. Just, just, just before we say anything else, fucking Tarrant Ferry. Just gotta get that in Fucking Tarrant Ferry. Tarrant those Tarrant Ferry folks. <laughs> I hate them. They're our rivals. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've got this sort of. Again, it's. I feel like so far we've had generic fantasy town. Yeah, I mean, I think we've had. Yeah, I think I feel like if, even if you go like all the way back to like one of the early fantasies, like Lord of the Rings, you've had like Bree. <laughs> you yeah. had the Shire. Yeah, we've had a few Brees. <laughs> yeah, 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 we call it Brees. We've had the I Shire. We had, we had Shadow Logos, didn't we? But again, that was yeah. very much a ruined city. The Mines city. of Moria. <laughs> it was a ruined ruin <laughs> city, wasn't it? But like, this is the first thing where it's like. Very different. Yeah, I mean, even if you want to look at... Because I think we had, we've had a little bit of a discussion about um, like common fantasy landscape. So yeah. um, I can't remember what chapter it was, but we discussed like going down the river and there was like statues of the kings carved into the rocks. Um, and that's like... We've seen that in like the Abercrombie First Law series and yeah. you see it in uh, Lord of the Rings uh, and Game of Thrones as well, I, th- I think. I might be wrong on that one. But, I know it was like the crypt of Winterfell. I that vibe, didn't it? Yes, just, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that you know, th- those are like common fantasy landscape tropes, yeah. if you like. This sort of feels like whilst it feels grounded in fantasy, it feels like unique to this world. Yeah, it, it's, it's so our place, isn't it? Because like, oh, we even had the tower, um, the glass tower. Was it? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it was the. Um, it was a metal tower. Yeah, yeah, it was like a. a sp- a spike almost wasn't it and that's quite a fantasy thing because I think I mentioned it in um, as much as you love me mentioning it it's the uh, the Sword of Truth yes. series we've got a version of that and, and also in uh, Abercrombie's First Law as well you sort of have a, a version of um, so this is the first one that feels like I can't draw a direct comparison to this no like, yeah like yeah. whilst it's grounded yeah. in fantasy whilst it feels like it's a fantasy element I can't I, I can't think of any other time that I might have seen something like this although I haven't said that. Maybe Loch Lamora. Yeah, that's got a bit. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's Elder Glass, is it called? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, but even so, I suppose I suppose our characters even say how out of place it looks, don't they? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the sort of so yeah, so we get into that a little bit where it's like um, Rand says it looks like glass, and uh, Dorman says, uh, "Nay, lad, whatever it be, it no be glass." Uh, never so hard the rains come it no be slippery and the best chisel and the strongest arm no make a mark on it so it's um strong it doesn't hold the properties of what it looks like yeah so even though it looks like glass it's clearly not yeah yeah um and tom suggests it's a remnant from the age of legend legends yeah again if if no one can explain it in this age um, it would make sense wouldn't it yeah and uh Bill Dorman doesn't really like that. No. <laughs> to be fair, he's not a fan. He says it does not have to be I said I work. Um, fortune prick me, it no has to be sold as all that. Um, you love reading Bill Dorman, don't you? <laughs> I always want to do the want to do the accent, but I I'm already terrible at accents, and I feel like I I've sort of veer into the vaguely racist territory. <laughs> Also, the fact that you say doorman, it makes me think of a big wobbly guy made of like bread. <laughs> made of dough. Yeah. What would you say? It's doorman. Bill Dorman. Ah, uh, doorman. <laughs> Bill Dorman. Like when you, when you say doorman, I get like a Michelin man van yeah. where he's just like uh, waddling about. The Pillsbury doorboy. Yeah. <laughs> he's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the character thing is from the Age of Legends, but either, either way, it's it's. I think it's notable just being the first sort of wildly different structure, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now um, I think that's really all we have in this chapter about it, but it's the first time it's mentioned, so it felt like yeah, worth not a discussion. Yeah. Um, so my next point, kind of a kind of a two under. Two under. <laughs> two under. Yeah, because we're going to sort of cover uh, Bill Dorman and Florin Gelb because they have a little bit of a. You know, history. They do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for that, I guess the first thing we need to sort of mention is how Rand says, um, after they've, they've, they've come ashore, he says, oh, we've made it, Tom. He said, and then forced a laugh. And no mutiny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love the way he brings that up. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. But also... Um, Two sailors readying a cable nearby gave Rand a sharp glance. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how did he know about the mutiny? Yeah, it feels like that mutiny was on the cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, so then the next thing, same, same page, I think, um, is they've got a bunch of traders coming to catch up with Captain Dorman, and uh, I think Gelb's trying to like sneak, sneak off or. Sort of stay sort of fairly unnoticed. Yes. And as these like big traders are like uh, coming over to bail. Yeah, they're all like in like sort of posh carriages, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Rushing over like it's the first. I think it's the first ship that's come. Yes. Come in with any trade, so like everyone's quite excited to see him, and, and like like they're they're, they're quite um, sort of eager to please him. I think because it's the first sort of sign of like business being yes. back on. Uh, he sort of shouts in their faces. <laughs> You <laughs> and he like um yeah points out Florin Gelb and he says uh you've swept, slept on watch for the last time on my vessel or on any vessel if I have my way of it choose your own side the dock or the river but off my vessel now yeah so the dorm is not messing about is he, he doesn't care no. about uh, saving face he's, he wants to be rid of Gelb yeah absolutely and um Gelb 
Um, uh, his eyes glittered hate at Rand and his friends, and Rand especially, a poisonous glare. Yeah, there's no love lost there, is no, there? No, definitely not. Um, it seems like he, he feels like he blamed Rand for all of this, or it feels like he wasn't in Dorman's good graces to begin with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was just the last in a long line of Yeah, I mean, but Rand also, like, kicked him in the head. So, I mean, so he, was, he was asleep. <laughs> yeah. Rand wouldn't have landed I mean, on him I'll, if he wasn't asleep. I mean, just I'm not I'm no Gelb fan, right? But <laughs> whoa, strong stance. Just, just for an example, like whether you were doing your job or not, if somebody kicked you in the head, <laughs> would you, would you, how would you I, feel about that? I take issue. I take issue with your rhetoric because Rand did not kick him in the head. Rand leaped onto the board. He was yeah, he was fucking asleep on the deck. You're right. Kicked in the head suggests like intent. Like Rand saw him sleeping and ran over and like kicked it like a football. If I walk into a room and someone's laid on the floor and I like kick them, yeah. Accidentally, I didn't kick them in the head. You know, I was, well, was therefore for laying no, on the floor. Oh yeah, and all of that I, I agree with. Like I don't think it was Rand's fault. But if you were the person who got kicked in the head, how quick would you be <laughs> to <laughs> accept that apology? <laughs> that would never happen because I wouldn't be asleep on watch. <laughs> no, but whether you were on the watch or not, just if somebody kicked you in the head, like I, I, it doesn't matter. Like if Bale had kicked him in the head, he'd be less bothered because he's been caught doing something wrong. But he's been kicked in the head, and then to add insult to injury, he's been caught doing something wrong. <laughs> he's been kicked in the head by somebody he doesn't know. Either way, nobody likes Gelb. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not fighting for him. I'm just saying, like, if you were if you were the one who got kicked Such in the head... Such a weird character for you to latch on to. <laughs> After you hate so many of our main characters, it turns out you're a Gelb apologist. <laughs> Gelb was fucking asleep on his job. I mean, he's got a weird name as well, hasn't he? He almost got everybody killed by Trollocs. You loved his name. (laughs) No, I was was about to say, I think we discussed this off mic before, but, like, Florin, lovely name. Like, flower, like, you know, just suggest (laughs) flowerly and then Gelb. (laughs) Just like, just, say a name of two halves, isn't it? Like Like I said, the, the, the main takeaway is that he was asleep on watch. Yeah. Agreed. Like, yeah. I don't think uh, Bale's... I've, I've noticed I've started calling him Bale now instead of Bale. You're on your first name basis with the captain. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to get accused of saying his name wrong again. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I agree I agree with Bale's decision to throw him off the ship, but I'm just saying the hate that he has for Rand, I kind of get. I kind of get, because he's... A, like, I get it from his point of view, because he's a yeah. shitty person. But, yeah. like... All right, then. That's fine. Yeah. Um... So, let me think. I'm just trying to think what the context of this next bit is. Tom tells him to keep an eye out for Gelb. Um, he'll make trouble if he can. Yeah, so that's just as they're getting off the ship, I think. Isn't yeah, it? so yeah, it's quite clear that, like, so... He sort, lost, he sort of lost his livelihood at this point, hasn't he, because of Rand? Yes. So. Well, because of himself, you said. In his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't get me wrong. Gelb has totally done this to himself. <laughs> but in his eyes, he blames Rand. And, um, yeah, so then we also get a little bit more into sort of Dorman, who, um, he left the merchants to intercept Tom at the gangplank. Yes. Um, and basically, he offers him to stay on the ship. Yeah, he, he gives them their money back and some extra, doesn't he? He does, um... And then says, there's that again, essentially, if you stay on. Yeah. And and they're going to Ilion. So, well, so which what, is what's so special be, about Ilion? That's meant to appeal to Tom. 
because um, there is, bear with me, a, a, a competition for the best telling of the Great Hunt of the Horn. Yeah, a hundred gold marks for it. Um, and, the, and the folk have a proper regard for Gleeman there. Um, so, yeah, he, he's really sort of given the hard sell, I think, to try and get Tom to stay on. Well, I guess this ties in with Gelb and the mutiny and Bale. Yeah, so it's, it's not it's not uh, totally altruistic, is it? Is no, the, it's to uh, try... Reason. Yeah, it's to try and sort of keep the, the crew on side. Yeah. Um, so that he doesn't have a mutiny. Yeah, I think he says he's, he's lost... If he loses the Gleeman and he also... He's losing Gelb, who's been sort of a convenient scapegoat for a lot yes. of problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because yeah, he also says like to what you've just said. He says, oh, "Too bad I can no keep Gelb aboard to take the others' anger, but I do what I say I will do." Yeah, so he's, it's sort of a twofer, isn't it? He's losing, he's losing Tom, and he's losing Gelb, who yeah. both have different functions. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. This get yeah, so then we also I guess ties back into the mutiny is that um so we sort of briefly cover this where where Gelb says that he doesn't think the Trollocs were after them three. Um Matt has his little um combative moment. Yeah. And um the captain says, Oh mayhap. Um And I just sort of before I get to the next line he says, um why does he think the Trollocs are after him? I suppose that's a question. That's the yeah, question. Yeah, that's the question. Like, and this feels like that ties into the mutiny. This or the suspected mutiny. Like obviously, we already know from previous chapters that he he's already run into several bunches of Trollocs. Yes, it's it, that the sort of when Rand jumped aboard and the other boys. It wasn't the first time he'd seen them, was it? So, yeah, it wasn't a, a full surprise to him that Trollocs were like kicking about. So yeah, it, it's not like it, when the when the Trollocs like, compa- comparatively first rocked up in the two rivers. Um, everybody was surprised because they they've never seen them before. Yes. They didn't even know they existed. It seems like Dorman does have a reason to believe this. Yeah, whatever that reason is. And I can't. I don't like that. It doesn't get covered in this chapter, but I feel like that's the reason for the mutiny more than anything is okay. the the. the the sort of danger, I guess, they keep finding themselves in. Yeah. Like, at the very least, the sailors will either be like, well, like, with Bale, we're always getting chased by Trollocs, so let's overthrow him. Or they know why Bale's getting chased by Trollocs and they want to overthrow him for that. Okay. But we've not got that view yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, And he also offers twice the amount of money he's just given Tom to go to... Yeah, he's sort, of, he's sort of ups the offer, doesn't he? He's, yeah. He's really, so he's really, really keen to have him back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and... Um, can you just bear with me a moment? I'll rustle through my pages. <laughs> yeah, get some more of that on the audio. Because <laughs> um, there's not much in the middle about Gelb and Bale. Um... I don't think. It's really weird that you'd call them one by the second name, one by the first name, by the Sorry, Florin and Duman. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? That's just the same. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the next thing is they go to an inn with, like, Tom, Rand and Matt and... Yeah, they do, they find an inn. Old Florin Gelb's there trying to sell his stories. 
They do arrive just before him, though, don't they? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. Okay. That's, I've got, I, I got, I got, that's one of my points, but we're, we're covering... You just made it sound like they all went together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a, yeah, sorry. Big, yeah, sorry. As a group. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so they were already there doing their business, and uh, they overhear some conversations behind them about Trollocs. Yes. Um, and it turns out to be Gelb. Um, so what have you got? What have you got next on your list of points? So he, Gelb, is sort of ex- basically explaining what happened that they're being chased by Trollocs, um, and nobody really believes him. And Gelb says, "It's true, I tell you. I've been in the Borderlands. I've seen Trollocs, and these are Trollocs as sure as I'm sitting here." Those three claimed the Trollocs were chasing them, but I know better. That's why I wouldn't stay on the spree. I've had my suspicions about Bale Dormon for some time, but those three are dark friends for sure, I tell you. So, obviously this ties into my theory that Bale Dormon's got something else going on that's leading to a mutiny. Yeah. Because, obviously the Trollocs have been attacking for a long time. Gelb seems to know something. About about him, yeah. Th- th- this, again, it's, it's hard to trust him, though, isn't it? Yes, he's clearly got ulterior motives at this point. Yeah, he's saying that he left when we clearly know that's not true. Right? Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know he was forced off. Yeah. However, we do know, sort of subtly, that there was sort of talks of a mutiny or yes. suggestions of. We know that Dormon has been getting chased by Trollocs before these three rocked up. So that it is grounded in some truth, you know, and some of the best lies are grounded in some truth, aren't they? Yeah, it, it's, it is interesting that we get two, I suppose, two parties both being sort of pursued or yeah. by products ending up on the same boat. Yeah. So it's, it is intriguing what sort of trouble don't want to run into previously. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so Gelb. He, yeah, like, and also, like, Dormon must have something. They must know something about him for the for him to even now at this point, even after he got kicked in the end, even though we know he hates Rand, and Matt and Tom to a lesser degree, for him still to be fucking like, excuse me, what was I going to swear for? That was unnecessary. <laughs> for, for him to still be uh, chucking Dormon under the bus. Yeah, he's 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 not like oh the other three are dark friends, but Dormon, like, he's the yeah, one. Yeah, he's, he's the he's one. He's a big bad. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was a sort of yeah, definitely something we don't know about our good friend Dale, isn't it? Yeah, one we we don't like to quote too often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never quoted him one, and I think that's pretty much the last sort of uh, element of interest yeah, with yeah. regards to uh, Dormon and Gail. They've got a sort of a slightly minor um, theory I'm working on at the moment. I really love a theory. Uh, <laughs> So, it doesn't happen very often, but I feel like Rand's inner voice, I feel like I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Anyway. So, um, so, I suppose, what do you mean by inner voice? So, it's sort of, in the prose, it's like portrayed as his thoughts. Um, and in the book, as you read it, it's in, it's in italics. So, okay. quite easy to uh, discern. Um so it's sort of the first element in this chapter. Um, this is after Rand and Matt had the disagreement about the others being alive. Yeah. Um, Rand's like sort of well, I say like the the italics is in his voice, but this bit before is in his voice, and this is this ties into my theory to be fair. So 
He said, well, they had to believe the others were alive. They had to. And then in the italics is, why? Nagged a voice. And then um, nagged a voice in the back of his head. And then also in italics it says, so it'll all turn out like one of Tom's stories. The heroes find the treasure and defeat the villain and live happily ever after. Some of his stories don't end that way. Sometimes even heroes die. Are you a hero, Randolph thought? Are you a hero, sheep herder? So... That so I suppose, I suppose like, you need to tell us what your theory is for this to make sense. So, like, what is your theory at this point? That that's not his internal monologue. Right, so it's so you're saying it's not his thought. So no. I suppose if it's not his thoughts, what is your suggestion as to what it is? Because I, I, I think that all sort of informs going forward when you point out these bits. Yeah, so... And there, there isn't that many of these bits. This is probably the main one. Um, but... That it's the villain talking to him. <laughs> the villain. The villain. Unspecified villain. Because <laughs> I've, I've got one here as well. Yeah. Which was, uh, he's wondering if he'd ever see Tam again. All right. And I he says, uh, we've got one in the text saying, I'm going to spend the rest of your life running, running and afraid of your own dreams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't got that one on the line, but I, <laughs> that is one I thought about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, that, yeah, it feels like. It feels like he's having a conversation with someone in his head rather than it being his own thoughts. Also, he... I, I feel like he, we know he's not country bumpkin. So I feel like he'd be unlikely to sort of talk about himself in the third person. Okay. So he would be unlikely to say, well, are you a hero, Randolph Thor? Like, that feels unlikely. But also, I don't think he would call himself a sheep herder. Okay. Because... And this doesn't really tie in 100% with my theory, but the only person that's come to a sheep herder so far is Tom and Lan. Yeah. But kind of, the way they say it is in disdain. Look yeah, down yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. For it. And if, so it feels like it's an insult. So actually, the only thing I'd say against that is like... I mean, he is a he, sheep herder. I suppose your inner voice is always the most critical of yourself. Right, Does okay. that make sense? So is it is it him sort of having doubts and using language that other people use to maybe put him down a little bit if that makes sense yeah uh, yes I I know what you're yeah, saying I'm not, I'm not trying to say yeah, you're yeah. wrong I'm just like I mean you haven't changed my mind no <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying yeah but I, I don't know it just doesn't feel like it's that way okay that way about um, and also I, I probably should mention like that when I've listened to the audiobook version yeah, see, you've got a you've got a unique perspective on this because yes. I've listened to the audiobook. So the it's the um, the Rosamond Pike version um, when she does this internal monologue. It's got quite like a a sort of sinister element to it. Okay, and it's quite. I mean, it, it's quite a sinister thing that he's potentially uh, you know supposedly thinking. So it's not out of character, but it just I don't know. It it feels more. Like a conversation between like his head, like in his a conversation in his head, but between him and somebody else in his head. So I suppose if we if we follow that line of thinking, you're saying it's somebody else speaking mm-hmm. to him. I yeah. suppose, to like a how and b to what purpose? If that makes sense. Okay. And if some if if so if we're saying this is the villain, yeah, then why are they not just doing it constantly? Because I think it'd be too obvious. Okay. So to answer that last question, I think it'd be too obvious if if he was just in his head all the time. Then I think it'd be easy to ignore it. Okay. Because it's like, well, you ain't, you're not me. I'll ignore you. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everything you say is 
wrong. Okay. You've got, you've got ulterior motives. Oh, not necessarily wrong, but you take it with a pinch of salt. Okay. Um, so, like, it, it, it's cleverer and more subtle to sort of jump in there and pass it off as his own thoughts. Ah, uh, so trying to, kind of trying to disguise. Yeah, but still plant those, plant those seeds in right, there okay. as well. Um, yeah, so that would be why this way. I mean, I did, I did just have a thought, like on the fly, like I, like I like to do sometimes. But could it be his? Could he have two elements to his personality that are like fighting? Okay. Not like a split personality, not okay. necessarily, but like we know that, like you know, we feel like well, I say we know we we've got this the feel that Matt has got like the old blood in him. He's like running around shouting, uh, going back to the sort of old tongues, speaking tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that bit. He didn't shout me. <laughs> I know, but I just love saying it. <laughs> um, yeah, but that bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Is is it like has he got maybe whoever his dad is and whoever his mum is like their blood is like fighting for? We back to Rand now. Is that what you yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, back to Rand. Like, is it there? They're fighting for control or something. I don't know. I haven't got the answers. No, no. you have the answers. Tell me. <laughs> tell me the I, answer. I, I'll, I'll just tell. I'll just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, it could be that. But I don't know. It just feels like because we know it feels like we know that Balzaman's being in his dreams. It doesn't feel like it's a far stretch for him to like be able to somehow, you know, maybe grow in strength and now get into his. Yeah, I suppose that's, is waking like, consciousness. Yeah, if, if and also if that's true. I suppose that's quite worrying, isn't it? Mm. You know, I think maybe he could only do dreams before because he was because maybe Balzaman was weak, and Rand was at his also at his weakest when he's asleep. But maybe Balzaman's gaining strength, and now he can sort of sneak into his subconscious. So is that sort of your running theory then? So this sort of inner voice is Balzaman. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where I'm where I'd put my money. Interesting. The old, the old split personality. I didn't really like it as I was discussing it. I didn't really like the idea. Didn't really like the idea of it, but it did pop into me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good to get these things in words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're, so coming, we're coming down inside of this is Bowser when I'm speaking to him. Yeah, one way or another. Right. However, he's managing it. You know, I'd, I'm not the logistics man. I don't know how he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, it's 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 him for sure. Good to, um, good to know. And I guess so. There's only where he, you mentioned the tam bit, didn't you? So there's, yes. there's only. I'm gonna say it's not like it's a constant thing, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's it's it. It's, it's, things because this is from his point of view. So basically, anything that's not in quotation marks is his thoughts. Yes. So to have then the italics on top of suggests it's something different. Does that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's clearly a reason for the italics, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, the, I guess the, I think it's the last bit now with the um, the inner voice, and it's um, Tom suggesting that they go to Ilian instead of continue on their path to Camelin, and um, sort of uh, I think Tom says, "Our oh, dream can't hurt you," and his inner voice now says, "A dream can't hurt. Do dream thorns draw real blood?" Um, and he says, do you dare tell anybody that Alzamon is in your dreams or what's between dreaming and waking now? Who do you dare to tell that the Dark One is touching you? And 
I've just thought again, whilst I've been reading that, that feels quite designed to stop him from telling anybody that battles are ones in his dreams. Yeah, totally. <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, if you were chatting to Randon in his dreams, but you don't want anybody else to know, then doing this bit as well is going to help solidify that sort of viewpoint, isn't it? For him to keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's all I've got on that. But, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if you've got anything, if you've noticed anything yourself or... I mean, I mean, you've noticed it all because yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I can't go any any deeper on these sorts of things, but it's nice to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's interesting that you've sort of even pulled it out at all. Like, so I feel like you drawing attention to it, mm. like you clearly feel something there. So that's always good to yeah to at least mention. Yeah, well, I'd like it to be right as well. So you have to be right eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all just keep keep all throwing these, shit at the wall and then <laughs> something'll stick. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, all, we all remember your your great plan is a wolf theory. That was it was 100% correct. Backed up with some <laughs> solid evidence, so I will have you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Um, so next point. So just some stuff about the great hunt of the horn. Yeah. Um, is this the first mention? And we've had, we had it before. We have had mentions before, but this is maybe... This is the first time it's sort of laid out as an actual thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always been mentioned as Gleeman's Tales. Right, okay. Previously. Um, I think that, I think we mentioned in the earlier that at some point they mentioned, oh, it's, oh, it's like the Great Hunt. And then um, I knew that that was the name of the second book. Yes. So yeah, I we did bring that up to me that you were... But it was just seen... a throwaway line at that point. Yes. But it has... But then there's been... Uh, I think we have had mention of... When we've gone into the history of some of it, there's some characters from the Great Hunt that we... We got into some... De- I can't remember what the chapter is or any or any of the information about it, but there was some sort of bit more in-depth discussion about what the yes. stories are with regards to the Great Hunt of the Horn. So I suppose what do we get here about the Great Hunt? So, I mean, we've already sort of mentioned the um, the 100 gold marks for the best telling of the Great Hunt of the Horn, That's and that's in Ilion. Um, but, you know, simultaneously, that's going on, some kind of storytelling festival yeah in Ilion but um you know they, they, they when the boys get to the inn looking for some news um they find out one of the bits of news that they get sorry I've just found it now is that there was uh two days ago there was a fellow in here and Ileana with a proclamation all proclamation proclam, by way. <laughs> proclam. <laughs> I love clams and pro clams. I'm not anti clown. <laughs> and Ileana with a, a proclamation. Proclamation. And I said it exactly the same again. Did, okay. And Ili- am I saying Ileana right? Not Ileana. It's Ileana. I wasn't going to put you up. I, I wasn't going to put you up on two wrong pronunciations in the same <laughs> sentence. But to be fair, like at least Ileana is not a real word. No, you can say it yourself. You like it. So. Uh, Two days ago, there was a fellow in here, and Ileana, with a proclamation all done up with seals and ribbons, read it right out there in the square. and said he's taken all the way to the mountains of mist, maybe even to the Arith Ocean, if the passes are open. So they've sent men to read it in every land in the world. Um, so that's a thing. It seems like a bigger deal than we maybe originally thought, doesn't it? Rather than just being sort of tales, it's it's a thing. It's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely a thing. 
Um, like, it, there's an element that you, you thought it was a tale, it's been done, but still going. Yeah. <laughs> it's still happening. Like, and it makes you wonder, like, well, what were the tales about before? Did they just never... I mean, the Great Hunt of the Horn, so you imagine it, they're hunting for a horn. So... So, why is... Yeah, we have deduced that and, like, show <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but... So, you've got the Great Hunt of the Horn, so they're looking for a horn, so you imagine if it's a, a, a story from the past that they found the horn. Okay. So, do you know what I mean? So, why would they need to then do the hunt again? I suppose it potentially with the if we're looking at because it's from the age of legends, yes. the original Great Hunt of the Horn. So you imagine that it's that's been and done. Don't need so, that again. Yeah, but if we're looking at sort of that sort of time scale, yeah, it's I suppose it's fairly believable that it's lost again. Oh, I mean, I guess so. But would you not just put in a museum or something? I don't know. Again, it seems like if if they if they're hunting it this often. Then it, well, it feels like that's the reason that nobody, like nobody knows where it is. It feels like they'd find somebody better to look after it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so yeah, so Bart, Bartram, I know we haven't mentioned it, I've just mentioned his name there, but he's the, the innkeeper that's passing on this news. Good old Bartim. You know what you're Bartim? Is that what they call him? Yeah, Bartram. Yeah, just pull you off on another, another, just put an extra letters in things. I'm I'm a Rillin. Yeah, well, I, I know I've, I've said that already, but I, I, I panicked that I was going to say it wrong. Um, so yeah, he says it's the hunt for the horn. Um, can you imagine that swearing your life to a legend? Um, this and the fellow, the the Iliana, you claim that the end of the world is coming and the last battle with the Dark One. Um, I guess they think that the horn of Valer has to be found before it happens. So is that the first time we've had that as well? The horn of Valer. Not sure. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's new information. We're definitely sort of fleshing this concept out, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for the. Get ready for the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he feels like it, um, this sort of end of times. I guess it feels right with, with the winter that they've had. This fellow Lord Gain and those other two before as well. While these fellows, the last few years, claim to be the dragon and the winter must mean something. What do you think? Um, and then Tom sort of says, uh, just sort of in a, you know, just for a laugh. Sort of, for a laugh. <laughs> nobody's even really prompted him for it. He goes, uh, in the last lawn fight against the fall of long night, the mountain stand guard and the dead shall be ward, for the grave is no bar to my call. Yeah, so what do you get from that? Then? What do you think of that? I don't know what the word lawn means. I mean, is it other than grass. Is it, <laughs> <laughs> is it short for forlorn? Um, so what's 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 the definition of forlorn? Ah, like, is it like hopeless? Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. In the last hopeless fight. I mean, don't say that as gospel, but that's yeah, it feels yeah. it feels right. Um, against the fall of long night. So oh, it brings the dead back to life. Okay. The horn brings the dead back to life. That's what I've got there. Getting some zombies. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nodding, but don't tell that as confirmation. I'm just yeah. poker face. No, but yeah. So if if it's if they're saying like, so obviously this is what Thomas has been said, but it's it's widely regarded as that is the story of the Great Hunt of the Horn based on Bartim's uh, reaction to it. It seems like he's sort of like 
Like, if it's like a really famous song and Tom's just sang the chorus almost yeah, like, yeah. it also feels like he's like a cartoon character that just suddenly got like uh, money bags in his eyes yeah. <laughs> when he heard it like cha-ching yeah um, in, so in the last so let's say instead of full on let's say hopeless and help it make more sense to me in the last hopeless fight against the fall of long night so because what's the fall of long night I suppose the darkness is coming yeah doesn't it it feels like not good don't want the darkness to come. The mountain stand guard. I'm not sure on that respect. Maybe volcano boy. Okay. He he be standard guard. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the dead shall be ward. And ward is like he he in a call or. Well, ward's like protection, isn't it? Dead shall be protected, but the grave is no bar to my call. So the fact that you're dead doesn't mean that you can't be called. Okay. So, zombies. Zombies. <laughs> zombies. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Or necromancy. So, so, you, so, the, so the Horn of Valia is some sort of zombie zombie trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> zombie trumpet. <laughs> so, so we get... We get we get to the last battle and then someone powers out a tr- powers out a trumpet solo and then the cast of thriller comes in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it as well to be fair. I like it more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, that's where I'm at. The sickest trumpet solo. <laughs> yeah. Um Good stuff. I mean I could see why people like this story then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a banger. Um and then it, there's a little bit further on, it just mentioned that there hasn't been a hunt at the horn in near 400 years. A whole new cycle of stories waiting to be made. So Interesting word, cycle. Yeah, well, I, I, then this ties back into what we just mentioned before about why this horn keeps getting lost, because it's been a new age. Yeah. And, and, it, and based on my sort of theories previously about it, sort of having the same pieces in play, but they're all... They're maybe in different places, or the, or, or the, you know what I mean? They're, they're recycled. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would explain why the horns then lost again, because it's been placed somewhere new on, on the reset of the of the world. Sounds good. Um, and I think that's probably it for the Great Hunt. But yeah, it's not a lot on it, is there? Apart from that little section there. But yeah, it just sort of it felt like it was worth talking about. Yeah, definitely. Um. So I've still got, like, five more points. We're going to have to get on with it. Get a hustle on. What's the next one? Uh, what is the next one? Is it Logan? Is it Logan? <laughs> Just repeat everything you say to me. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> it, well, yeah, we're getting there. So just before we get on to, to Logan... Uh, let's just talk about fatting keepers. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the important part of this story. Let's, get, let's, get, let's dig deep. Never mind this false dragon. Uh, yeah, let's no. talk about the girth of innkeepers. Yeah, but it seems like it's a theme. Right, so what's your conspiracy theory about innkeepers? <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory, it's a fact. <laughs> um, so they go to an inn, uh, Tom, Rand, and Matt. Matt. Yeah. Um, and there's an innkeeper drawing ale from a barrel and two men in rough workman's clothes staring glumly into their mugs at a terminal in the back. Yeah. And really, really lively place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the innkeeper looked up when they come in and he was fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for the importance of this, but you are correct. 
and losing his hair. <laughs> yeah, just insulting twice. Yeah, so, <laughs> he's fat and bald. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't consider baldness to be an insult, but our fans might take offence to what you just Mate, said. I mean, it's not my fault, <laughs> is it? <laughs> not your fault. I mean, you didn't talk with that hairline. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> um. But yeah, just I feel like I have already mentioned previously. I feel like the first time um Althair? Althorn? You've lost me. The first innkeeper from from the two rivers. Alvia. Alvia. Yeah, Althorn, that's Rand in it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, you lost me there. Alvia, yeah, Alvia. Rand Alvia. Yeah. Um he he was fat. And I mentioned it then that it just felt like there was a a vibe that innkeepers should be fat. <laughs> was he fat or was he just sort of... Pleasantly plump. Just like, <laughs> like a bit more stocky, I don't know. I no, was, I, 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 stocky, I but... distinctly remember making a point about the, this sort of characterisation well, of innkeepers. <laughs> you're the other one who was on this fat innkeepers train, so you're the expert. And we also went to Bearlong, was yes, it? Yes, we were in Bearlong. And there was a plump innkeeper there. So, <laughs> Again, I'm acknowledging that these innkeepers are fat, but what? But what? Every innkeeper we've had in this story so far has so been he, fat. Are you so, some sort of like guild? I, <laughs> what I think is, you've seen Pokemon, yes? I have. <laughs> have you seen Nurse Joy? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me get this straight. So, so you're saying there's like a, mm-hmm. like a secret society of innkeepers who all like sort of strive to look the same. Yeah, no, I think I don't. I think you can't be a member unless you're over a certain weight. Okay, so so all innkeepers are going to be fat. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, forever and ever. So what about if we see a thin innkeeper? That will absolutely sh- throw shit into my face. <laughs> that will shatter your worldview. Yeah, but as it stands, you know, my worldview is still standing because that is the world we're living in. I mean, yeah, these innkeepers are definitely fat. So I'm glad we didn't talk about Logan to. Uh... <laughs> Vital no, point in. We haven't not talked about Lord Game to talk about this. We've just talked about this before we got into Lord Game. <laughs> I feel like you've really focused in on this. Well, do you not think it's. Well, you don't because you've read it already, but. But I mean. Yeah, like, I can't believe I'm just. I can't believe I'm like going into this theory more, but. Like, is. An innkeeper should be fat, right? I mean. All I do is like shit in the ring and. Well, they can't do workouts. <laughs> I don't know, I feel, I feel like if I was an innkeeper, all I'd do is like sit behind a bar and eat snacks and drink and stuff. Like, Yeah, no, I just... But I might know, have a gross misunderstanding I, of what I it feel, takes to run an inn. What I feel like what is worth mentioning more specifically, I guess, here is that we've had two innkeepers that have been fat. Yeah. And I, I, I did notice at the time because it feels like it's a trope. <laughs> yeah. However, on this occasion... Rand also wonders idly if all innkeepers were fat and losing their hair. So like Rand, I think, I think you've said. I think you've said the key point there with wonders idly. <laughs> <laughs> that was Robert Jordan's words. Right? <laughs> I, I would have put it like. It doesn't say. Rand, Rand, Rand noticed with Rand, <laughs> Rand noticed with a shock. Never seen a thin innkeeper. <laughs> But Rand's noticing it as well, so like that it's a theme. So I'm just <laughs> and Rand's never been out of this world. Like, sorry, sorry, Rand's never been out of his village. Yes. So like, this is, this is all the innkeepers he's seen have also been fat. Yeah. So, I feel we should play like the Twilight Zone thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, that's what we got. That's that. So yeah, you know what? I we ain't got time for Logan now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my words. <laughs> Can we press on from this shaming of innkeepers? <laughs> I just feel like there's a point to be made. I feel like you you always tell me, <laughs> old Robbie J doesn't mention anything. Yeah. Unless there's a point to it. And that's three. Um, okay. That's now three fat innkeepers we've had. So right. there must be a point to it. So we'll keep an eye out for innkeepers. Keep out for fatty ball baddies. <laughs> if they're thin, <laughs> or just lose any, our minds. Anybody, or even somebody comes in, it's like a plump fellow come in, and then it's like, well, what's his job? And then <laughs> he's an innkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh right. he's a sailor. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep an eye out. Then. So yeah. Oh, fuck me. All right. <laughs> Now what are we on to? The news. Big news. Big news. News at the inn. Thin innkeeper in next town. <laughs> <laughs> Read all about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I feel like the news... I don't know how much talking about it there necessarily is, but um, there's a lot of news. Yeah. Um, Logan, the false, the false dragon, had been captured after a big battle near Lugard while he was trying to move his army from Gildan to Tear. Or Tear? I think they said Tear, don't they? Yes, I always said tear, but you you theorised that it was tear. Yeah, because it was because like a dimensional yeah, tear, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Um, the audiobook says tear. So, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> just chat all over you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's pretty big news. Yeah, well, so let's go with the login news first. What's what's the big part of the news? That the Aes Sedai had been involved in taking him. Yeah. And um, they were taking him to Tarvalon. And yeah, just a sort of minor point about Logan, I guess. Yeah. Um, this fella, Bartim, says that the Aes Sedai could all go back to the blight where they came from and take Tav along with them. Okay. I didn't know that the Aes Sedai came from the blight. And that doesn't feel good. I mean... I'm, I'm where he's saying, but like, I feel like you're taking that too literally. Oh, okay. I think it's a sort of... Oh, then go back to hell. Yes. Yeah, right, okay. Yes. okay. Okay, I don't... Okay. It's... It's more of a sort of prejudiced sort right. of... Right. Okay, that's fine. Yes. Um, I'm with you. Um, and yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to like go along with your fanciful theories and stuff, but I think this... I don't want to send you off on the wrong... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But just a, like a turn of phrase. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, okay. That's fine. I did take that too literally then. Yeah. And now you've described it as hell. I'm like, oh, yeah. I can see what he means now. Yes, it's... It's sort of the... We got that in the Two Rivers, didn't we? That a lot of the people in the Two Rivers just was like, ah, oh, the Aes Sedai, they're all dark friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and they're sort of displaying this Logan all the way to Tarvalon, basically. Yeah, they sort of him on a sort of whistle-top tour, aren't they? It reminds <laughs> me of, like, um, you know, like the Western days when, like, Jesse James got shot yes. and then they, like, chuck him onto mics and, like, travel around like, look, here he is. We got him. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Um... Also, like, I guess this ties into, like, one of my potential theories where I thought, like, Logan was the big bad of this book. <laughs> like, before anything's even really happened, he's now been caught. Well, I've just, I've just pulled up my prediction board. <laughs> and uh, you had a prediction where the Aes Sedai were using Logan as, a, as, like as, like, a threat, almost, to... Hyper important. Oh right. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, oh so my god! I forgot about that theory. You've thought, you've thought this before. <laughs> so if it was sort of for that, wouldn't it? Where it's like 
if you believe that they were using Loghain as like, a, look yeah. at this guy, he's really dangerous. If if you captured him, if you take him on a tour, yeah, then the people will be like, oh yeah, they got him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't. That know. ties into one of your theories that, that you t- forgot you had. Well, I even had that one because I, I I remember I did have a theory that Loghain was going to be our main enemy yes, in is. this book, yes. and obviously the fact that he's now been caught renders that theory useless. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it also leans into one of your other things it leans, it leans yeah. into some of the other bullshit I've spotted on the fly <laughs> <laughs> that you've totally forgotten about um, yes and then uh, I I think they, he mentions that they're going to be taking him there to show to Queen Morgaze yeah, so I don't that, know if we've mentioned Queen Morgaze I think we've I think we've had a mention of a queen yeah but I wasn't aware that they were a, a, a kingdom well, I don't think it is a kingdom. I think that's a fine. Queendom. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a republic. <laughs> um, so I was... Yeah, he seems quite... Like he wants to see a, the queen. Yes, Martin. he does, yeah. Yeah. And I just... I just, I don't know. Like, I felt like I just mentioned that this Queen Morgan has sort of been mentioned. To take them to Tav... No, take them to Camelon. So Camelon must be the, the capital city, if you like. For, yeah, for well, we've already mentioned Camelon before, haven't we? Yeah, it's... it's, I, I, it's the road the, to Camelon is paved with gold, this sort of thing is what I've heard. It's so not it's the destination affluent. as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. they're heading to. Um, I don't think I recognised it as being the, the capital of this queendom uh, until just now. Yeah. So. Just before we move on from the game, we also get that you can do things. Yeah. I don't know if you got anything about that. Uh, it just feels like magic. Um, because he also says that there's other the 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 last false dragon uh, couldn't do things. He yes. just wanted to be a king. So, uh, and they didn't need the ice to die at that time. So, this is a diff a different threat to the ones that they've previously experienced. So I suppose looking at your theory before of you saying like the ice to die is sort of hyping them up as a threat. Like so, even if they are, he actually, he is actually a threat. he is actually being yeah. a threat. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's maybe it that we haven't already covered because we've already covered about the news with the Great Hunt being announced. Uh, I think that's sort of it for the news. Yes. Yeah, so, so after that, we get sort of the aforementioned Gelb section where he. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Starts shouting dad friend, doesn't he, about the, about Dorman and our crew. Yeah, so that's it. So then that's it for the news. But we are, we do get that the cool. Tom asks after any news, and we get that there's been people uh, asking. Hey, hey, hey. Don't mess with my system. Just, just try to keep it moving. <laughs> hey, we're going to go into... I don't want to use that. Okay, you're, you're probably right. This... Thin wagon drivers or something. <laughs> Let's get on with Yeah, I was going to go into Tom's backstory next, but you're probably right. The the while while we're in the end while we're in the end it makes sense to cover this yes um so they ask if anyone's been asking after him runs has he been an idiot again I think he has you know <laughs> what's he done now <laughs> so yeah so Tom he sort of stares off into the middle distance and then quotes his little great hunt thing and it just gets like just imagine that happening in real life by the way have a conversation with an innkeeper so one of the people who's leading the conversation just stops talking. Stares off, just quotes something, <laughs> and continues staring. And everyone's just stood around like, well, this is awkward. Um, so I say Rand's being an idiot, 
he's only been here because Tom told him, well, I'll do the talking. But then at this point, Tom has stopped doing the talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just round Matt, just in, give us like, okay. Anyway. Well, <laughs> good talk, Tom. Um, we'll push this conversation on or not. Um, so, yeah, Rand. I mean, he's probably the least tactful person. He, I guess he doesn't know what he needs to be tactful about. No. He's probably... That's the that's the issue. Um, he doesn't know why he has to be cautious. Yeah. Uh, or what to be cautious about. So it's, he just, the, it's the naivety. Again, yes. Yeah. So he just sort of flies straight into the old... Uh, well, there'll be many strangers passing through in, <laughs> in the last week or two. Uh, and that gets Bart him on edge, doesn't it, pretty much? Tom quickly jumps back in again, doesn't he? He does. He gives a description. And, uh, yeah, there's basically there's been two other people looking for them. Yes. From what we can gather. There's a, a Weasley fellow who is uh, always talking to himself, never stopped moving even when he was standing still. Asked about the same people, some of them. He asked like it was important and acted like he didn't care what the answer was. Half the time he was saying as he had to wait for, here for them and the other half as he had to go on. He was in a hurry. One minute he was whining and begging, the next making demands like a king. Near got himself a thrashing a time or two, crazy or not. The watch almost took him in custody for his own safety. He went off toward Cameron the same day, talking to himself and crying. Crazy, like I said. What do you make of that then? So, quite a strong theory for this one. A strong theory? I say a strong theory. I have a strong belief, but whether I have any evidence to back it up is a different matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's Padden Fane. Okay. Um, so, let's get in it. Any, what evidence do you have? Just that we've met Padden Fane in Bailon. Um Pretty sure Rand told him who he was with um, and where to meet him. But then obviously shit went down in Bailon. Yeah. So they couldn't catch up again. Uh, Padden Fane had been on the run for a long time. He was quite squirrely. Uh, I thought, what did I call him? A snivelling coward? Was that <laughs> yeah, you called him a snivelling coward. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this kind of... He, he was quite... We get here that he's whining and begging. So, yeah, yeah, he was quite like this, I think. When he, when Rand saw him, he was sort of, uh, yeah, I might come and see you. Oh, but I better not. He was a bit back and forth, and it kind of sort of describes how he was here. Like, oh, I, I need to meet them. No, I need to move on. Um, so yeah, Half the time he was saying this, half the time he was saying that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it feels like it's pad and thin. Yeah, that seems reasonable. And he's looking for them because cause Rand said, well, we'll meet up with you. Basically, I don't. I don't necessarily think Paddington is part of a grander evil plan here. If okay. you like, I think it's just maybe a coincidence because he's a bit. He seems a bit doolally tap, if I'm honest. So you you think he's just sort of like focused on Rand because of his, he's a bit he's a bit insane. Yeah, and he's met him. He's met he's met a familiar face since. I think he went a bit insane from the Trolloc attack in the Two Rivers, um, and. So he's only seen Rand since. He's like Rand's the only sort of familiar face he's seen since, and he sort of latched onto that a bit. So he's saying he's not sort of necessarily a threat. He's more just. A, I don't think he's a direct threat. A I think he could be. Character, I think he could be an indirect threat. Okay. The way he's going, I think it could be like. He could quite easily lead other people to them. Okay. But he he that's not his intention. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's really it for him. Well, I think it's Padden Fane. Okay. And then the next character, who's been looking for them? He is all in black. He keeps the hood of his cloak pulled up so you can't see his face, but you can feel him looking at you, feel it like an icicle shoved into your spine. And he spoke to me. Uh, it sounded like a snake crawling through dead leaves, 
third turn my stomach ties. Every time as he comes back, he asks the same questions. Same questions the crazy man asks. Nobody ever sees him coming. He's just there all of a sudden, day or night, freezing you where you stand. People are standing, look over their shoulders. Worst of it is, the gate tenders claim as he's never passed through any of the gates, coming or going. I mean, this isn't so hard, is it? No, it's <laughs> a murderer, isn't yes. it? Um, but, so yeah, I mean, that's it. It's a murderer looking for them, which is to be expected, considering everything that's happened before. The only thing I'd sort of, sort of specifically mention is that he, the gate tenders claim is he's never passed through any of the gates coming or going, which ties into well, questions from earlier, to be fair, that um, Lan, I think, was wondering why how so many Trollocs made it from the uh, Borderlands. Well, we did we did discuss the Fades doing this in Bearland, didn't we? I don't know if you remember. Mm, I, I, I don't know what you're going to say. We, <laughs> we talked about how it seems as though they could travel through shadows. Oh, right, okay. Do you remember? Uh, is it travelling with a capital T? I don't believe that. When I say travelling, I mean just when we saw a fade confront Rand in the inn. Do you remember? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he retreated down the hall and disappeared in the shadows. Oh, right, yeah. So yes. I just, yes, so this sort of, the gate tenders not being aware of them. Could just come in at night. Well, I was tying it into um, this talk about... They're being yes. How is there so many trollocs? Yeah, a portal or something like that. Or there's there's travellers with a capital T where it's like they can essentially teleport. I think is the suggestion. Um, so it's, yeah, I just wanted to remind you yeah. of that scene in the inn. Yeah, fair one. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've got on them. Like it is, it's a murder trial, isn't it? But yeah, and I think there are uh, this sort of puts Tom on edge, doesn't it? And he's sort of basically saying. Like, we can't stay here. Yeah, right, so. Yeah. Um, which, I guess, now leads us on to Tom and his backstory. Yeah, so. Good take segue. Away, yeah? yeah, excellent. <laughs> segue. Um, getting to the grips of our new structure. So, let me just find my notes on this element. So, yeah, Tom's being a bit weird in... <laughs> He's being a bit weird. <laughs> in Whitebridge, in general. He, he, he is, is his head's elsewhere. Um, he, they hurry through, um, like off off the ship, and he's in. He's wrapped in sulky silence. After I think this is after Bale Dorman's offered him a trip to Ilion. It feels like he would rather go there than where they're planning on going. Well, yeah, he sort of pushes that, doesn't he? He says, "Yes, think think by Ilion." Yeah. Yes, um, and he sort of shook himself and stopped dead. When they're trying to decide where to go, and then he comes up with the plan of going to see an innkeeper, um, which obviously leads us to the old fat innkeeper segment <laughs> from, from earlier. Um, the fact that Tom, um, after hearing about the great hunt of the horn, uh, did not seem to hear him, and in a soft voice, the gleeman began to recite to himself that that quote uh, from the from the from the story. Um, that's him being a bit weird. He's never really acted like this in any other. Chapter has he? No. Um, and yeah, so they find out what the fade coming, um, and the, Tom's like, "Oh, he'll be back, looking for them." So they need to get away quickly. Like, that's sort of like literally what you just mentioned for the segue, wasn't it? About yeah. about that put him on edge. I will just say, just a side note, about him. Um, he says, oh, "I wouldn't tell him, like not anyone." I get a vibe from him 
Do you remember the guy in Bailon? He had a name, but he only rocked up in Bailon, and uh, they were trying to flee from the stables. And there was a guy watching them, and like Rand looked around, and he was Do you like, "With the guy, was it in the common room when they were dancing?" No, 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 no not no. him. No, it's one of the stable hands. So when they decide that they need to leave suddenly, yeah, one of the one of the the the, the oh, I forget what they called the real name of them. Farrier. Farrier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he was like not happy about being disturbed at that time of night, saying that they couldn't get through the gate, and like as they're riding off, he sort of like ominously watching them from like watching them go and like Rand was like oh, I knew it would be be him watching me and then they got sort of held up at the gate mostly because of white clothes but like this innkeeper's got that kind of a vibe right okay but you can't trust him you can't trust him but the fact that this farrier was even mentioned by name I think like Tom, Tom even says it doesn't matter if you do trust him like if yeah. if the fade comes back he will tell him like just yeah, from fear of, yeah. yeah so regardless of if he's a good or a bad person it's yeah like, he's yeah, going to tell him it's just the way he says like oh not any of them it, I think he meant it as uh, calming or like put them at ease but yeah. it comes across as more of a threat <laughs> if, I, if I'm honest um, but yeah so yeah, so it sets Tom off that he'll be scared um, of... Sorry, sets Tom off. And he's knows that the the fade will be coming back. Yeah. Um, so after his after his Ilian sort of pitch fails... He tries again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's go on the board. We'll be in the opposite direction. Um, and sort of... He sort of says, oh, things have changed... Rand's just not having it, is he? No, he, he knows what he wants How many to do. times do I have to say no? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I guess this is where we get a little bit of Matt's attitude with... Um, Matt's attitude with Tom's backstory, where he sort of says, oh... Um, so should, we, should we get into Tom's backstory? Yeah, well, we're getting there. This is it This is it now, I think. We're getting there, mate. Dance, yeah. Dancing around. Let's dive in. No. No. Because <laughs> i got my points. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Matt's like, why are you going all this fuss and bother? You want to go back to the boat? Go back to the boat and we'll take care of ourselves. And Tom thinks that's laughable. <laughs> that they think they could look after themselves. Uh, I mean, he's right. <laughs> yeah, yes. But then this again, Matt, Matt's attitude. He's like, well, just go. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Cause Tom's like, well, if you think you can handle it without me, just just say it and I'll go. And then Matt's like, all right then, see you later. <laughs> and that that um, was broken up by the. The, the, the Trolloc talk, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so then after that, Tom agrees to stay with him. Uh, and then, eventually, so we're here now. Can we're we, here now. Let's, we let's get into it. Matt was the, why you stayed with us? You'd be safer if you left. And Tom ha- says that he had a nef- nephew called Owen. He was his brother's only son, my only living kin. He got in trouble with the Aes Sedai, but I was too busy with other things. With dot, 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 other things. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. And thought about how ominous yeah. that was. What was he busy with? Mm. Surprised you didn't zero in on that with, no. your, with your Tom feelings. Or has no. this, this chapter changed your opinion? I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you'd be like... Well, you'd be pointing out how shady that I'm was. I'm kind of uh, justified... In one element, in that I, I did quite recently say, like, I don't know what's going on with Tom, but he's got some other motive for, for um, going where he's trying to go to. Um, and this kind of, 
it's kind of justified it, so I've stopped looking for the... That's kind of proved that point, so I've stopped looking for stuff. Right, so say what the backstory is, and then we can get, um, get into what you think of it. So, yeah, so yeah, his nephew got in trouble with the Aes Sedai. Um, he couldn't help him, and then the Aes Sedai killed him. Oh, yeah. And he wants to keep... Well, he said it, the language. Now, you could say Aes Sedai killed him. Ah, Cool, because that ties in, because I, I actually have living underlined twice, because he says, I had I had a nephew, Owen, so had in the past tense, but then he's like, my brother's only son, my only living kin. And he's like, well, based on the last line of this, he's not he's not your living kin. That's what, that's what he means at the time. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's interesting the way he says you could say I said that, Kilby. Yeah. And like I say, it makes that living kin thing make more sense. Um, and it says, if I can keep you two free of Tarvalon, maybe I can stop thinking about Owen. Yeah. He wants to save the boys. So that's what, yeah, so what do you make of that then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose, what do you think happened to Owen? Is, is, the, General. is the question. He says, I, I know, let uh, let. Later on, Rand says there's only one kind of trouble that he knew of for a man to get into with Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that leans heavily into that theory. Yes. It? Like the general in. And he says, yeah, like, what did you think the Aes Sedai did to, the, to his nephew? Um, and they said, not like us. So they both of the opinion that they haven't got the one power. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Every time. Every time you look at me like, is that right? <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't actually get mentioned that often, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't got anything to look at. One power's not mentioned. No, because they, 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 I, I presume they sort of like Robert Jordan was like, right, I'll mention this a few times, then they'll then they'll have it. And you're like, <laughs> you're like incorrect, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Yes, was. Um, so how do you feel about it? Are you, are you on board with this? Like, is this is this truthful? Like, because you've been very critical of Tom. Like, I mean, do 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 you remember the Tommy called that friend? Like, <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know. Like, on the one hand, it, it this proves my my point about him having an ulterior motive. This does prove your sort of suspicions that he's had like a hidden past. If no, you like. But, yeah. like, what, but this is the first chapter where he's shown a sign that he doesn't want to go to Tarbalon because every other time he's been like. Oh yeah, I'll come to Tarbalon. Yeah, let's go to Tarbalon. Uh, so it's like, I don't know. And I guess you could just say, well, that's the circumstances when he's with Marine and Lan, he can't be like, come, we, our boys, let's, <laughs> let's go have, somewhere else. You had theory for a long time that he was using this as an in to Tarbalon. Yeah. And now it seems like the complete opposite. Yeah, it? but it, it... Yeah, and that's why I'm not so sure. Because it, it, it's such it's such an about turn. Yeah. An about face that it's like... So does this improve oh, your this, opinion of Tom? Or it does. Are, you, are you still on the board that he's just lying all the It improves it a bit, but I'm still wary that it might not be true. But if it is, like, it's like, if it is true, it explains quite a lot of the other stuff, but I feel like some of the other stuff still isn't quite explained. With regards to, like, well, why has he been like, well, yeah, travel on, travel on, let's go to travel on, <laughs> like, all the time. So if, if you take this story at sort of, at its word... Mm-hmm. Like, does this um, prove his sort of intentions at the beginning? Like, he sees 
Moraine and Aes Sedai. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, to an outsider, actively abducting some mm-hmm. some kids. Like, does that like endear him or you more in that way, if that makes sense? Like, his reason for accompanying the boys and the way? Yeah, like, if it's true. Yeah, as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if if we work on the assumption, it, it's it definitely, it's definitely. I'm still doubtful, but I've, my opinion's definitely softened. I don't feel he's quite as fully evil. I just, I'm just not 100 percent sure that that's the only reason. Because then I guess he's now trying to get the boys away from Tarbalon. He's also away from Lanamar Rain, so it's maybe easier to achieve that task. However, if he can get into Tarbalon, could he find Owen? Or Ewan, whatever he's called. Owen. So you don't think Owen's dead? Not now, not after you said that thing before. Is it? But again, <laughs> you could say I said I killed him. Yeah, so maybe we want to find out what happened to him. Okay. Well, one way or the other. Um, yeah. Then that, then that would tie... That, that's, like, that feel like there's an element that's missing. And if I knew that he was trying to get the table on... I mean, he does say... Owen. He does say Owen died a few years later. What? <laughs> <laughs> these, extens- these extensive notes are not doing too much It says... Uh, well, I thought he was dead. I don't know. You, right, you let, 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 me. let me read. Let me read the section. I don't know what I could have done, but when I finally tried, it was too late. Owen died a few years later. You could say I said I oh, killed yeah. him. Yeah. Boy, you could just say that he died a few years later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't... I, don't I suppose the bottom line is, like, do you believe this? Half. <laughs> <laughs> so if... I suppose... I mean, it's, it goes back to his motives, doesn't it? Like, if you believe this, I suppose his motives are clear. But if you don't believe this, what are his motives? Yeah, I mean... I'm more inclined to believe it than not, but I still, I still have doubts. No, no, that's, that's totally reasonable. Yeah. I'm just trying to like sort of get your feelings either way. Like, yeah, no, I'm more inclined to believe it than not, but I still have some doubt. Is all? I suppose if we're, uh, I don't know if we're at the end yet, but yeah, we, we're, yeah, yeah. If we're going, we've got a really minor thing, but I can mention that right at the end. So if we go on to uh, what happens at the end of the chapter. The, the our sort of boys and Tom make the way into this, this the sort of town square. Yeah, and uh, it happens very like abruptly, doesn't it? Yeah, like, like, I think Tom, I think is it Rand? He, like, it's like he's like crossing the road. He looks one way, he looks the other. Oh, there's a fairy. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. just looking around the crowd, and then oh, a meter. I was halfway across the square. Yeah, so not good. <laughs> um, I mean, without just sort of going word for word through the thing, essentially. Tom sacrifices himself to serve the boys in the hope that he'll, um, what, like appease his soul for his failure to save Owen? Yeah, so, so, so what, again, so what do you think happens? Like, so we get Tom essentially telling the boys to run, don't we? Mm-hmm. He gives them. I mean, he gives <laughs> there's them... a time where uh, maybe every other paragraph, the only thing Tom says is run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... He does give them a quick uh, mention of an inn in Camelin. Yeah, the Queen's Blessing. Blessing, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Now in some of that inn's in Camelin, but it's what Yeah, yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he essentially tells them to run and uh, 
flips his daggers out and throws himself at the major, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he's quite fast. Well, <laughs> counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even the face. The major pretty, uh... absolutely shits himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, like, I know we keep coming back to this, but like, how many times do we shock fades? Like, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, they're charging me. <laughs> they're like, they're like slowly walking towards people, and all of a sudden, like, someone runs at them, and they're like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Yeah, um, quite a lot happens, mate, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, what, so, Tom basically sort of rugby tackles him, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, the, the fade doesn't get its um, sword out in time. Um, it, Tom shouts run for the, maybe the 14th time. Um, and then the air in the square flashed an eye searing blue, and Tom began to scream. And even within that scream, you could shout run yeah. again. So yeah. So when you make that, the old there's a blue flash. Um, I'll be honest with you. I only just noticed it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a better look behind the curtain there, but you literally just mentioned that to me before we started recording. <laughs> I don't really know what I feel about it. It I, it helps. I because I read this thing and didn't realise what the blue flash. Um. I suppose that do you, as does that mean anything? The blue flash. I mean, it helps me to understand why both Matt and Rand think he's dead. Okay. Or are ha- happy to believe he's dead. But, I don't know, there's a blue flash, he screams, but he also still shouts, run again. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily as definitive as it sounds. Do you know what I mean? So, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking of what happens there, then? I mean, I think it is a, some kind of an attack from... The Murdral side, maybe. Um, because Tom ends up screaming when it happens. But I just don't think it necessarily means death. Okay, so... Like Rand and Matt think. Yeah, they're very much on the... Well, I suppose Matt... Matt, Matt, Matt more, more than Rand, Rand yes. but Rand comes around to it when Matt's like, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe the others aren't dead. But did you see what happened to Tom? The, the, only, the only reason I mentioned the blue light is because we have seen it before. What? <laughs> I don't know if you remember when. I mean, I feel like it's quite apparent. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the... Uh, do you remember the sort of first battle before we got to Shadow Logos? Is that on the hills? Up yes. and down the hills? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll just read this little little section. Go on. Then Lan was on the Maedral. As the human fork fell on the trolloc line, Warder's blade met black steel from the forges at Thakandar with a clang like a great bell. The toll echoing in the hollow, a flash of blue light filling the air like sheet lightning. Mmm. <laughs> Just thought that was worth bringing up. And then Lan killed it. Well, no, I, I think he disabled it, it and then it doesn't die until the night or something. But Yeah, so it's sort of like sort of when the blades meet almost. It's a flash of blue light. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily change what I think. No, I just thought... But it does add context to it. Yeah, just... Um, Yeah, I still think it doesn't necessarily mean that Tom's dead. Um, But, yeah, no interesting that it's happened before. The air in the square flashed an eye-searing blue and Tom began to scream. So he's not having fun. Mm. (laughs) Either way. He's not not happy about it. But, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah, I just thought I'd bring that a little bit up. You, you, you don't, you don't usually miss these sort of things, but yeah. I like to pull you where I can. Well, yeah. now the thing is, we, this is only what the second blue flash. 
No, no, I'm looking out for blue flashes. Okay. When it only happens at once, I don't know if it, you know, I mean, I'm still waiting for Mordeth to actually have meant anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm still waiting for the White Clogs to be something else. I'm still waiting to find out about that guy who was the farrier who was watching them leave bloody bail on and see if he was going to mean anything. So... Now it's happened twice, so well, I'm to be more Yeah, you, for you it. keep saying that oh, there's these things that just never come up, and I just thought, I'll just, I'll yeah. just yeah, yeah, just bring up that we have seen it before, yeah, so it's, it's not totally, yeah, uh, I'll take it unprecedented. Um, I guess within that whole battle, because we didn't really touch it on any other thing, but there's also um, mentioned that Matt had his Ruby Hilted dagger out, yeah, which ties in with the old attitude, like quick to reach for it. I mean. Also, I say quick to reach for it, like, there is a murder robot to attack them. Yes. <laughs> so, what else are you going to reach for? Um, also, uh, the description about, like, not looking at his face and how it felt like he was, like, tearing leeches off um, off his skin to, to not look at him. So that feels like some kind of, like, nefarious magical element. Yeah. Uh, like a Medusa type, maybe, like, almost, not, like, uh, metaphorically turns him to stone. Yes. Makes his job easy, makes his job easier to, like... Just casually walk up to people and kill them rather yeah. than getting charged at. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like every time it's happened, he's been shocked that it hasn't worked. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, also just yeah, they're always just casually walking. They're like uh, like horrible and sad. They've got no no urgency about them. Um, but yeah, just whilst we're on this particular scene, there was a couple of bits that tied in with what I'd said before. Um, the only other really minor thing I I, I, I would mention is that. Um, when they got the money back from Bill Dorman, uh, Rand wished he had his uh, Moraine coin back. Yeah. He didn't know why. And yeah. I think we both know why he that's wished he would have it bit, back. Yeah. But um, that was my minor thing. Um, we've been chatting for quite a while. We have, yeah. It's, How, it's, a, it's a quite an in-depth chapter, isn't it, once you get it? However, shall we quickly do the chapter symbol for chapter 27? Shelter from the storm. Yeah, let's get it in quickly. So what are you thinking? Um, so it's... Um, the leaves again. It's the leaves again, which we've seen previously in chapter sixteen, the wisdom, and chapter twenty-five, the traveling people. Um, and now, I don't think I had this last time because it was before I read the traveling people. But now, seeing it again after reading that one, I think it means the way of the leaf. Okay. <laughs> so we've got some leaves where the leaf. Yeah. Um, also, I had my theory that Min was a traveling person, and then the next chapter was the traveling people. This. So my then thing is that this chapter is a Perrin and Egwene okay. chapter with the travelling people. So Sounds good. that's all I got. Sounds good. That was, me. <laughs> that was me shooting my book on this Dramatically. episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Spiel of Time. You can share any thoughts or questions with us at spiel underscore time on Twitter. We also have an email, spieloftimepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for more Wheel of Time.